This is Life in FM, the Good Shepherd Fargo Moorhead podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Pastor Taylor, your host, and today we enter into week two of our new series called On Mission. I'll be focusing on freedom and what that looks like not just for ourselves, but for this world that God created and loves. We're excited to be on mission with you today. This is Life in FM. Our preaching text today is from Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 34. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now suddenly there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Now the jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I was a kid attending Bible camp, I can remember the exhilaration that came with playing field games. Now, the games varied day to day, week to week, even summer to summer. But I knew at some point we'd play the game Mighty Mighty Scoop Noodle Challenge. Now, this might be new to you, but it was a mix between Capture the Flag and Tag. And I'm sure you've played something similar at some point in your life. And as you can imagine, I would dominate at this game. Or I wouldn't. And I'd end up at the mercy of someone else saving me from the jail as I waited impatiently to get back out there. Now, begging a teammate to risk their own freedom to rescue you from jail was a big ask. Some were willing to shoulder that responsibility, while others preferred the rush of grabbing the other team's objects and retrieving them to our side, lest they get tagged in the process. Now, glory or shame was on the line. Victory, it was within reach. But so was loss and humiliation and disappointment. And then without notice, you'd hear the sweet words of freedom yelled at the top of their lungs by one of the counselors. Jailbreak! Can you relate? We'd frantically scatter back to our side of the field, tasting that sweet freedom and experiencing a clean slate, at least for the time being. And we'd have the chance to do it all over again. Now, having family that served overseas, I know that freedom isn't free. And it has bigger implications than a fun game at Bible camp. But if we're honest at times, we may be so used to freedom that it's jarring feeling when we no longer feel that way. We become stagnant and have forgotten what it took to get us that feeling in reality in the first place. Now it's all fun and games until we find ourselves on the other side of it. We watch with horror what's taking place on the national scene. Places stripped of their rights, People fighting for survival. People wanting nothing more than to be free. And if we're honest, 
we often have the privilege of choosing when to engage and when to ignore. A place where we can move on with our lives, while others aren't sure moving on or even living life is a guarantee. There are others that have found themselves contained to literal or hypothetical prisons. Maybe you found yourself in one of those places of feeling contained, chained down, unable to free yourself, in need of a second chance maybe, in need of hope, in need of forgiveness, in need of freedom, in need of Jesus. Now Paul and Silas were feeling the same way. Whether they did something wrong to find themselves in their predicament is beside the point. And for those among us that have found themselves literally or figuratively chained down or incarcerated, it's beside the point too. These guys were in a hard place, but they kept the hope. Now past decisions that we've made or maybe circumstances we found ourselves in can have a positive or negative effect on our past, our present, and our future. And it'll most certainly always be a part of us in some way, but it doesn't have to define us. It doesn't get the final say when it's a negative, and it may not spread out evenly to tomorrow when it's a positive. But as the Gospel of St. Matthew reminds us, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so whether today is joyful or stressful or somewhere in between, we're invited to focus on our own circumstances that can allow us to live boldly into this moment, the more we do that, the more free we'll be to do it again tomorrow, etc., etc., etc. But in our preaching text today, Paul and Silas did their best to live boldly into that moment. And it was a difficult seasonal of life that they were finding themselves in. Now, this selection of scripture is interesting for a number of reasons. Paul and Silas have found themselves imprisoned, and from the details, they're being treated like the worst of the worst as far as criminals and punishment are concerned. Paul and Silas have experienced solitary confinement, and we're told in the scriptures that their feet have been fastened. Why, you ask? In the name of Jesus, they healed a girl. And people lost their minds. You see, people were profiting in the town square on the girl, who we might better understand to be a fortune teller, though that's not a perfect example, because we're told that she also had an unclean spirit. But people had a lot of money riding on her, and Paul and Silas disrupted their commerce. And the mobs gathered, and without much chance to defend themselves, the two of them found themselves imprisoned. Now it appears that the prophecy that Paul would suffer for the sake of my name from Acts 9.16 is currently unfolding in his imprisonment. It's also interesting to point out that Paul, who before his own transformation from Saul was attacking other people of faith in this very manner, was now experiencing a taste of his own medicine. And there they sat, beaten, imprisoned, and unsure of what the future would hold. If any of us found ourselves in the same position, it could be easy to understand that we may cry out in frustration, maybe even curse God for the circumstances that we found ourselves in. But Paul and Silas, they didn't do that. In fact, we're told that they worshiped God with every part of their being. Let's take a look at our scripture. We're told that at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners around them were listening. Even incarceration couldn't keep them from praising God. And suddenly there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. 
makes me think about Amazing Grace, my chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me. It gives meaning and new visual for what's taking place in our preaching text. And like that, Paul and Silas were free. Not so fast. The night shift jailer was taking a snooze, and like anyone that's taken a much-needed nap, I can only imagine that he was groggy and slowly adapting to his surroundings. Or maybe the quake shook him awake, where he said, I'm up, I'm up! And then he saw all that had taken place while he was sleeping and realized he was in deep trouble. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, we're told he drew his sword and was about to take his life, since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped and he probably was going to face death himself. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. They had the chance for the exhilarating jailbreak, but they stayed put. Their freedom was bigger than that moment. Now think about it. Paul had a chance to free himself, but chose to extend freedom to someone else instead, somebody that didn't deserve it, because he knew that he had true freedom in Christ. And he knew that to remain on mission, that was where he'd remain. The jailer called for lights and rushing in, and we're told he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And at the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and he set food before them and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. It's an amazing story and and Paul's commitment to the gospel brought freedom to many that day. Now, as witness to the other prisoners through proclamation of prayer and song, it had the attention of not only his fellow inmates, but to the guard, as we're seeing. His witness not only saved the guard's life on earth, but brought salvation for him and his entire family for eternity. Paul and Silas hadn't been treated fairly by the people that imprisoned them, nor the people tasked with caring for them while jailed. But Paul chose to witness to God's salvation instead of saving himself. And in turn, all of them experienced sweet freedom. They all had a jailbreak of sorts. I pray none of us ever find ourselves in a similar circumstance to Paul and Silas. But in difficult seasons of life, all of us can feel imprisoned, chained down in pain, alone. We don't have to remain there forever. All of us can be free in Jesus' name. And all of us can witness to and extend that freedom and forgiveness to others. That's the amazing thing about grace. It's not earned, but it's enough for you, for me, for everybody. Paul's witness changed the lives of many in that moment of faithfulness. How might your witness bring faith to others? Your proclamation, your song, your service, the way you live out your faith. How can we partner together to be on mission? so that Fargo-Moorhead and far beyond can experience this sweet freedom. My friend K.H. is going to share about how he experienced it and how he hopes to continue sharing it through faith and action, Good Shepherd, by being on mission. Here's K.H. I would like to share a little story to illustrate what it means to be on mission in a very practical way. Uh, I take you back over 30 years um, when I was a consulting engineer 
and I traveled a lot between Cologne, Germany, where I lived, and Fargo, North Dakota, where my client resided. So I came here quite frequently, uh, commuted, so to speak, over the Atlantic Ocean, and spent sometimes a couple of weeks, three weeks here, uh, which of course included weekends. But I also was uh, at a point in my life where I had hit almost rock bottom. There were a few things that uh, had not gotten in my favor. I had some health issues. I was obviously engaged in, in the startup company, which in itself is quite challenging. You walk a tight rope there between failure and glory, and uh, fortunately we avoided both. Um, but that was challenging, and then um, I had lost an important relationship uh, around that time, and I didn't really have a church home with all the traveling. I, I never really was home. I was kind of lost between two shores. So I was working in this company with a number of people, and uh, one in particular stood out as, as a good uh, professional engineer. And uh, there was a time when he took me aside after work and said, Karl-Heinz, you must be lonely when you're here over the weekend. And I said, yes, that is, that is true. And then he said something that surprised me. He said, would you mind if I invite you to come to our church? My wife and I would like to pick you up at your hotel and then take you to worship. I think the Holy Spirit was in the room when these words were spoken. So it was easy for me to agree and to accompany uh, Steve. So I think Steve was for me the Samaritan, the good Samaritan. He helped me out in a time when I was a bit lost. I'm very thankful for Steve, who's really the main actor in the story. He was courageous, he did the right thing. And I think we all can do that, we all can have moments where we can be like Steve, where we can indeed help somebody who's pretty close to us. Maybe it's somebody at work, maybe it's somebody uh, in a sports club or in, in other uh, social settings. We should not be afraid to approach that person, of course in a gentle way and not in a way that the person is intimidated or feels uh, insulted. Uh, and I think we can do that very well. So let us be on mission all the time. Let us look out for opportunities where we can serve and help change a life of somebody else, just like it had worked for me. Thank you. Now KH mentioned feeling lost between two shores, trying to find his identity, his purpose. And a guy named Steve going out on the limb and inviting him to church in the midst of this stressful season. It doesn't take incarceration to realize just how sweet freedom can taste. It takes an encounter with God, a mission bigger than ourselves. For his friend, it seemed like a simple invitation to church, which is probably pretty safe. But in a time of KH's life that was filled with many struggles, it was the lifeline that he needed and it transformed his future. When you've had an encounter with God, transformation can take place. Freedom can be obtained. Chains can be broken in Jesus' name. And when we're free, truly free, we're free to not simply be, but to be free and free others. 
Because of Paul's commitment to the gospel, his witness transformed the lives of many unsuspecting and undeserving people in the very way that Christ's gift on the cross has done the same. And we're tasked to do this very same work. Will it be easy? I doubt it. Will it bring the same encounters that Paul and Silas had? I hope not. Will it allow the mission that all may know Jesus, the Good Shepherd, and experience the abundant life that comes through him to reach far beyond these walls? I pray that it will. Wherever you're at in your faith journey today, I pray that you can receive these words. You're loved, you are free, you are called, and you are on mission, Good Shepherd. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, we're grateful for this mission that we have, this opportunity to be light and hope and love and, and forgiveness and freedom to all that we encounter. God, may we experience it ourselves and be that for others. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, check back weekly for new content, and if you'd like to support this important ministry of Good Shepherd, you can go to our website, knowthegoodshepherd.org slash giving for a one-time or recurring gift, or you can text a dollar amount to the number 84321. Thanks for being a part of the community here at Good Shepherd. This is Life in FM.